For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. This is Living Without Lies with your host, Donna Warren. You're not alone if you've been the victim of abuse, drug usage, or rape. Living Without Lies is here to help. Listen as Donna Warren assists women across the country break the cycle and help create a new life. So now, please welcome the host of Living Without Lies, Donna Warren. Hi, folks. It's Donna Warren, your host of the Living Without Lies program. Uh, and my guest, uh, Dee Claire. Uh, Dee, introduce yourself, please. Uh, I'm uh, Dee Denise Claire uh, with Successful Living Strategies. I'm a success life and health coach and help people to uh, overcome uh, situations they find themselves in, help them to take their lives to the next level, and help them discover their inner winner. Okay. Dee has been on many shows with us. She's on most of the time. Some some weeks she isn't, but most of the time she comes on to discuss things with us. And uh, in the last, well, we're, this by the way, the thing we're by here, Living Without Lies, is brought to you by BBM Network. Uh iHeartRadio, uh, and, you know, we're, uh, our, my, our, yeah, sometimes I have to pull my tongue out and put an iron to it and straighten it out so it'll work right. For those who have not been on the show before, I'm dyslexic and I do get everything back afterwards anyway. But uh, we were talking last week about the effect our decisions have on our life. And then we got off and I was talking about the foundation for quite a while. And uh, this week, I'd like to kind of pick up where we left off. You know, if our decisions affect our life, so how do our beliefs affect our decisions? And what do we do about it if they ca- they're causing us problems? So what do I mean by what do our beliefs do? Uh, our beliefs determine um, a good exa- determine what we think is normal. Uh, when I was in college... I met a guy whose parents had disciplined him and his brothers by locking them in dog cages, giving them a bucket for a toilet, and giving them food and water. Sometimes they'd be, they could be in there as much as a week if they really did something bad. Now, when we started talking about that kind of stuff, he had no idea that that wasn't normal. 
He thought that's how everybody disciplined their children. And when we believe something, that's the thing. We don't know that other people don't believe the same thing. You know, we usually tend to, at least when we're children, we tend to accept the beliefs of our parents and family as normal, their customs and beliefs. We start questioning it a little bit when we hit our teens. You know, how far we question it will depend on on us and how, how what reaction we get to questioning. And, uh, you know, as adults, we're in a position to decide whether or not what we were taught it makes any sense, whether it's true, whether it's false, whatever. It's something, and that's the whole purpose of the Living Without Lies program, is to help you figure out what your real true beliefs are, not the ones you were taught, not the ones that your family, your school, television, movies, books, music, and all of those other things out there taught us. We have a whole slew of them. Many of them are conflicting because our family may have taught us one thing and our society may have taught us something totally different. In fact, a good bit of the unrest in this country today, right now, is due to the fact that people have different beliefs and while some people are willing to let other people believe what they want to as long as they leave them alone. Uh, others are determined to make everybody believe the same thing they do, and that's what's causing our problems in our society right now. So let's talk about how does our beliefs affect our decisions. And, uh, uh, it, you know, Denise, what do you think? Do you agree that our beliefs do affect our decisions? Totally. And... Um, uh, it, it affects everything that we do. Uh, if if we believe that we can do something, then we're going to make a decision to try to do that. Uh, if we believe that we can't, we're probably not even going to try. And uh, I was just thinking of one specific example. Um, uh, there was a time uh, when I really hadn't learned as much about how the mind works. And uh, at the time, uh, I was working for this uh, gentleman, and, uh, and he uh, asked me to go to the garage and see what he had there. And he, t- he pulled back the cover, and he had this really beautiful Excalibur Phaeton uh, car, uh, which is something that I really had been thinking about. Uh, I had a picture of it, uh, probably, I think, on my refrigerator. Uh, and and it was you know an amazing car and I was amazed because I mean there was no reason for him to really show me the car I didn't know he had the car uh, it was something that I was focusing on because it was you know on the refrigerator and and thinking about it and had pictures of it and uh, and but I never really thought that you know it'd be something that I could have. Um, and he said, well, you know, you could just work it off. You know, I'm selling it. You know, I'm going to, I just thought I'd ask you if you would like to, uh, like to have the car. And I thought, wow, I would love to, uh, but how would I ever afford it? And he said, well, you know, instead of paying you, uh, I, you know, you could just work it off. But at that point, I don't know whether it was because maybe back in deep inside I was feeling, well, I don't really deserve the car, which could have been because now as I'm looking back on things, I can, I can think that that could have been part of it. And then I think part of it, too, was you know, how, how would I possibly afford it? But 
uh, because I probably had that belief that I really didn't deserve it, uh, and it really wasn't something that I could really have right now or should have right now, uh, I didn't really pursue it. I didn't really sit there and think, well, what can I do so that I can afford it, so that I can make that a reality? And so because I believed what I did, I really didn't pursue the 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 actions to see if, if you know, maybe I really could have. Maybe there was something and I would have had that car and I would have enjoyed it and it would have been great. But I didn't make that decision because I didn't believe it was possible for me at that time. Okay, that's pretty typical. You know, as I mentioned most weeks that I teach, I'm a teacher at the college level and I see a lot of students come in with no self-esteem, very little or none. But the biggest problem I'm seeing, especially among the millennials, is lack of self-confidence. And folks, self-esteem and self-confidence are not the same thing. What uh, Dee was just talking about was her self-esteem. She didn't think she deserved a car like that. You know, some part of her was there saying, but you can get it if you want it. But she said, no, I don't deserve it. And those two conflicting emotions kept her from doing anything. They paralyzed her. And I'm seeing a lot of the I can't do it with the with the millennials. And I think, quite honestly, this is a personal opinion. You know, this is not my area of expertise by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a network computer engineer. And uh, it's, you know, the thing is, what I'm seeing is the fact that I believe these these people are having these problems because of their participation trophies and their sports with no winners or losers. Uh, they haven't earned any self-confidence because they've never actually had to compete or meet a standard in what they did. So they don't have confidence that they can do anything. I spent half my time counseling students that don't think they can do it. And they're afraid to try because, God forbid, they might not be able to do it. And then what? You know, their self-confidence was based on participation trophies. Were they any good at what they were doing? They don't know because nobody held them to any standards to find out. One of my students uh, was a Little League coach. And uh, he said that once they got to about the 11, age 11, when they actually started keeping scores, in the Little League, over half of the kids would drop out. And uh, that's not good. That's not good for us at all. Uh, I was just told we have to go to a commercial. And uh, we will be back in a few minutes. If you want to call us and talk to us and ask us questions, call 866-451-1451. And we'll be back in a couple. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net.
Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Welcome back, folks. Uh, before the break, we were talking about, or I should say I was talking about, uh, our, our children not having self-confidence because they haven't been allowed to earn it. We have to earn our self-confidence, people. You know, we don't, we don't come to the conclusion that we're a good cook if we've never cooked or if we have and nobody's ever told us whether it was any good or not. You know, I go out there and burn hamburgers. That doesn't mean I'm a good cook. The same thing is true with every other skill that we have. We learn a skill. We learn how to do something. And there has to be some standard to meet or you'll never build any sense of confidence. I mean, uh, everybody out there has hobbies that they do that they're not all that good at. They just enjoy them. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But other things, we need to feel like we can do things. See, I know that I... I'm a good engineer. I know that I have a, an, a almost an instinctive understanding of how machinery and things work. And because of that, I know that I'm a good troubleshooter and I can do that. And I've had years of doing it to prove to myself that I am good at it. So I have self-confidence when I go into that to the point that on my resume is a statement that says I make things work because I know I can do that. Now, there's lots of stuff I don't do, I'm not good at, and I don't normally do them because I most of the time know somebody else who's better at it than I am. And if I can get them to do it for me, I will because I would rather have the better product. But when you don't have, know if you can do anything, you know, uh, how do you how do you feel good about yourself if you don't know what your limitate what your talents are, what your skills are, and what your limitations are? How can you possibly feel good about yourself? How can you feel confident in your ability to be successful? What do you think, Dee? Well, that's very true. And, and uh, well, most people feel that if they don't get it right pretty quick uh, as they're learning, uh, that they're a failure. And, and sometimes... Uh, maybe other people around them, it could be a teacher, it could be a parent, or other kids, you know, might start um, making fun of them, uh, putting them down because they don't get it right away. But uh, one thing that I've learned is that uh, anything that a person starts trying to do, they usually don't just do it well the first time. There usually is a learning curve. And if you realize that, then you're not going to feel so terrible about yourself as you're as you are learning. But it's it's like with anything. The more you practice it, then the better you become. And uh, 
when, when a child uh, starts learning to walk uh, and, and they fall down, nobody tells the, the, the child that, oh, well, you're no good. You can't stand up and stay up and you can't walk or you'll never run. Uh, and you might as well just hang it up. Uh, most, <laughs> I don't think any parents do that. And so most of us end up walking and, you know, running and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but it's not like that with other stuff, um, unfortunately. And we don't have cheerleaders and we don't have people there to, to, to guide us and, and to, um, to help us over the hard parts. And, uh, and it's a shame. And I think that's one of the reasons why Donna and I are, are talking to you because we want to try to help with that. Yeah, um, self-confidence is important. Uh, my last boyfriend was one of the smartest people I have ever met. And he had lots of self-confidence because he could do a lot of things. Now, here's where self-esteem comes in. His self-esteem was horrible. It was low. He didn't think he deserved anything good. He had been taught by his parents that being smart was sufficient. And he pretty much expected everyone else that wasn't as smart as he was to bow down to his intellect and to accept his intellect. A man could not hold a job. He could not hold a job because he thought he knew more than his bosses did. And unfortunately, he had never truly become an expert at anything. So, you know, to where other people recognized his expertise to the point that he would realize how little he knew about everything else. I have expertise in my field, and it was in gaining that expertise in my field that I realized how little I knew about everything else, even though in many cases I knew more than most of my friends. But I didn't know that much about it because once I truly became an expert, the thing I became aware of the most was how much I didn't know about the subject I was an expert in. None of us have perfect knowledge of anything. But we, if we're good enough that people recognize our expertise, it gives us the opportunity to look at these other things and say, well, wait a minute, I don't really know that much about that. Jeez. And that's when we start learning our limitations. Most intelligent people can pretty much do anything they want to do that they set their minds to, uh, at least in that type of skill. If it's a physical skill, they might not be able to. But if it requires coordination, mental skill, thinking, analytical thought and whatnot, most of them can do pretty much anything they want to. The question isn't can you do it? At least it never was for me, and I know Dee and I have talked about this, and it wasn't for her. The question wasn't can I do it? The question is how well can I do it? And can I do it well enough to be worth my time and effort to do it? Or do is it something I like enough that I'm willing to do a half-assed job because that's all I'm good enough to do? That's all. That's the best I can do. An example would be some people who paint and draw or garden. They're not experts at this, but it's something they like to do, they enjoy, and it doesn't matter that it isn't perfect or that they're not going to win the flower show or they're not going to have a a gallery uh, of their paintings and whatnot. It doesn't matter. They enjoy what they're doing. But how are we going to learn our limitations if we don't build up that self-confidence, if we don't fail enough to find out what we're good at and what we're not good at? You know, you don't make a career out of something you're not good at. If you want to be successful in your career, you got to find something that you have the natural native ability for, you know, that you like doing and that someone will pay you to do. This is how you make a successful career. Because very simply, like Dee said, if I practice something enough, I will get better at it. 
Now, whether I'll get good enough at it to make a career out of it, I might not. But if I do, the thing is, once I get to work on it, I like it. Nobody's going to have to force me to practice something I like doing. And ultimately, I'm going to get really good at it. And that's where self-confidence comes from, the fact that with time and practice and effort, we get good at stuff and we can be proud of our abilities. And we don't have to try to convince everybody that we know everything or that we're good at everything. We, we all know those arrogant individuals that think they're always right, they're never wrong, they make no mistakes, and everything that happens that goes wrong is someone else's fault. And do you want to be that type of person? Do you think you can be successful and happy if you're that kind of person? We have to go to commercial again. Uh, if you want to call us, it's 866-451-1451. Or you can leave a message on our blog on the station. And we'll be back in a few. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach using social media and Skype to work with anyone, anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca 819-360-3266 Now is your time. Welcome back, folks. Before the break, we're talking about, you know, being able to do things, how to be successful. Now, Dee, you started to say something in the break, and I told you to wait till we came back. So please pick up and tell them what you were telling me. Okay. We were talking about a number of things. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, basically, you know, if you are, are, if you've got your mind set on something and and you don't listen to the naysayers, and you just keep on. And one of the things that will happen, too, is you usually find a lot of opposition to something that you really want. You really have to have a very strong desire and make up your mind nothing's going to stop you. But if you have that kind of an attitude, you uh, you can have anything, any kind of, uh, of a life. You can have everything that you've ever wanted. And... Uh, 
and it's there. It's all there, and we miss it. Once of the times we miss having the life that we we, we desire and we really could have uh, just because we are listening to old tapes, old beliefs, and other people. And, and we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, we can be so determined that, that I, I can do this, and I do have the talent, and I'm going to keep on working at it. And, and if it doesn't work right now, I'm going to find and see, well, what is wrong? Why isn't it working now? And how can I fix that? What do I need to learn? And, and, and to just keep on until you, you actually make it happen. And uh, I just hate to see all of us living such limited lives when, when we don't have to. Well, let me ask you another question. I'm, let's say I'm a, a teenage girl. I weigh 200 pounds. I'm five foot three. I'm clumsy and have two left feet. And my secret desire is to be a ballerina. Now that's never going to happen. How do we deal with that type of a desire that we can try it and she can try it and whatnot, but the chances of becoming a premier ballerina for someone in that situation is almost zero. How do we deal with it when we want to do something that we really, for physical reasons or reasons of talent, don't have the ability to do? How do we deal with that? Well, I guess the next thing would be, well, all right, so this might not be something that I'm really going to be able to to master, but what other talents do I have? Because we really don't have just one talent. Uh, we, we usually have a number of things that, you know, if we put our mind and our heart into it, we can really do it and we can do it well. And I do know that anything so far that I've really wanted to do more than anything, uh, I, I can do it. I mean, it might take me a while, uh, but I can do it and I can do it well. Uh, but I mean, there there are lots of times many obstacles on on along the way, and uh, uh, often it just kind of seems like life is testing you. Know, do you really want this? How important is it really to you? And and for me, with most of the things that I've wanted to do, well, horseback riding it was just because I loved it, uh, and and but. Um, with um, with being a life coach, I mean, I want to change lives, and and it's it's something bigger than I am, and so that's why I do that. Uh, it doesn't make any difference what obstacles, uh, and I'm learning and growing in the process. And to me, uh, learning and growing and becoming more is really exciting. So <clears throat> it's something I love. Okay, so what you're telling me and what I'm hearing you saying is that stubbornness, which most people consider a bad trait and beat their children so they'll stop being stubborn, is not a bad thing. It depends on how you use it. Stubbornness is one of those traits that we can use for either good or bad. When I'm being stubborn in a bad way, um, my family called it pig-headedness. You know, and uh, what it meant is I whatever I wanted was dumb, stupid, or ridiculous, but I was being stubborn about doing it, and, you know, it was just plain pig-headedness and didn't serve any real purpose. When I was a kid, that was 90% of my stubbornness, but as I get, grew older, my stubbornness turned to determination, which meant I was determined to do things. Now, D tells you not to listen to the naysayers. The, my naysayers were my best asset and best friends back then. 
You can do I that would go. <laughs> yeah, I when I would I would go when I get you know uh, when I was in college I was a single parent with two small children, three part time jobs, etc. And you know sometimes I would get to the point where I just want to say, F it, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I've had it. I'm exhausted. You know, etc. And when that would happen, I would go to my naysayers because I knew they would tell me how stupid what I was doing was. I knew they would tell me how I couldn't possibly achieve it. I knew they would tell me that, I, you know, that if I had any sense, I'd go just get a decent job, meet a nice guy and get married again. And, you know, everything that they said to me, what basically my reaction, that's the stubborn, determined person in me, said, you want to bet I can't do it? You MFSOBs, I'll show you. I'll prove you wrong. And that gave me the impetus to go on for the next few months until I got, you know, down in the dumps again. Their naysaying was the emphasis for me to succeed. In fact, when I graduated from engineering school, I went to those folks and thanked them for making it possible for me to succeed. And their mouths hit the floor. I said, you're telling me I couldn't do it made me decide to prove you wrong. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the stimulus to succeed. And I blew their minds. What do you think, Dave? I I think it's wonderful. And uh, I've heard of lots of examples also of people who can do that. You know, it just makes them mad enough. To say, uh uh, no, I'm I'm not taking this or I'm I'm not going to allow what they're saying to stop me, uh all and then just double down and and do it. And I mean I've I've had some of that in, in my life too. I uh when I sometimes when I really am hitting bottom, uh I I get mad at myself and I just just you know, have a real pep talk and just tell myself, oh, I'm not taking this on. Whatever the problem is, I'm going to find the answer, and I'm not stopping until I do. And then I just pick myself back up and work at it some more. And uh, so you can you can take the negative and turn it into a positive. So you you, you can definitely do that. Okay. Well, back to what I said about the person who wants to be the ballerina, the the 14-year-old who's 250 pounds, awkward, clumsy, trips over her own feet. Well, how do you deal with that sort of thing? We all will want to do something in our life that we can, we don't have the natural ability to do. Now, if we can turn it into a hobby, great. You know, if you want to be, if you like drawing, you can become a decent artist, nothing fancy. You're not going to win any awards or have any shows for your artwork, but something that you can enjoy. But uh, otherwise, you know, you have to find out what your actual talents are. We need to go to commercial again. We'll be back in a few minutes and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract 
and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daily Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAndAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Welcome back, folks. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about when people want to do something that they don't have the natural ability to do. See how no matter how much ability you have, you got to train your ability to be really good at something. But what happens when you really want to do something and let's face it, you're not good enough. You really, in this case, aren't good enough. What do you do then? Sink into a depression and hate yourself and, you know, ultimately take up alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, whatever. Do you do that? A lot of people do. Some even kill themselves over it. But that isn't what you need to do. If you find you want to do something and you're not that good at it, I think Michael Jordan is a perfect example to me of that. He's top star. I watched him all through high school and everything in college playing basketball and as a, you know, a professional. Top star, great player, maybe one of the greatest ever. You know, after he stopped working basketball, he tried to play baseball. And uh, he, he did get to a farm team. But you know what? He wasn't good enough to go pro in baseball. He wasn't good enough. He found one talent that he was had. He tried another. He wasn't good at it. Last thing I heard about him, he's trying to get, he's playing in pro-am golf tournaments to see if he's good enough to do that or he's trying to. The point is you got to find whatever you want to do. You got to find something. If you want to make a career and be a successful career, you've got to find something you're good at that you like to do and somebody will pay you to do and you'll be a success and it doesn't matter what it is it really doesn't matter and your other abilities don't necessarily matter we all have a lot of different abilities but we're not all top stars in any of them but almost all of us can become experts and very good at at least one of our abilities but we might have to try 10 or 20 before we find that particular ability what do you think Dee? Well, I'm totally agreeing with that also. And one thing I was thinking also was that you're always good enough to be you. And uh, I think a lot of us don't really, really feel that way. And uh, But uh, it's true. You really are. You'll always be good enough to be you. And wherever you find yourself at the moment doesn't mean you have to stay there. 
either. You can always grow. You can always learn. You can always become more. So uh, it's really okay to be you. And, and learn to love it. Learn to really enjoy being who you are. And uh, it really helps. Okay. And now I'm going to ask you some more questions. Suppose you are pretty good at something and you think you'd like to do it, but uh, you come from a very poor family, you have no resources, you know, you don't know any way you're going to do anything. Now what do you do? Do you do what I've seen a lot of my students do? You look at the people that were more fortunate, grew up in a family that had more, more resources, more income, and hate them for it and go on a rampage and like you see many people destroying things because they're not getting what they want or either that or in some cases they're unwilling to work for it. But what do you do when you don't have any resources? How do you manage them? What do you do at that point? Well, I think if you really want to do something bad enough, uh, you will find a way. Uh, uh, one of the things uh, that, you know, the more that you focus on the things that you want, uh, the more uh, likelihood of them actually becoming a reality for you, and particularly if you if it's something that you really desire, uh, that really m makes a huge difference. And uh, it may not happen for a while. It might take quite a while before you're able to uh, reach that point. But uh, instead of thinking about what you can't do, think about what you can do, uh, and. Uh, so I think that is really important. There was uh, a time that uh, I had a heart attack and uh, I also had COPD. And at that point, uh, and I'd been in a nursing home for about three years, and, and uh, right afterwards also when I was finally able to move out on my own, uh, I really wasn't, uh, I physically wasn't really doing very well at all. And I really couldn't do even much around the house, but I sat there thinking about, well, what could I do? Well, my mind was still working fine, so I studied. And sometimes I'd study six hours a day. And, uh, and so you find out, well, what can I do? And the more uh, open you are to, uh, to believing that it is possible, uh, the more ways you're going to find that it is possible. You don't have to know the how. You just have to know what it is that you want. And the clearer you are in your mind, uh, the more that you can, you actually can visualize and you can, you can sense it and feel it. Uh, and the more it becomes a part of you, the more uh, the opportunities and the, the uh, things that you need to take it to the next level are going to be uh, drawn to you. Sometimes it could be just uh, something that you might read or a conversation you might overhear. Or it could be a commercial on the radio or TV. It could be a song that might start giving you ideas as to what the next step might be. Uh, but you have to be open and attuned to the things around you uh, that are giving you nudges in a, a, in a particular direction. And this is some how I have been doing things for, for quite a long time, and it seems like all of the things that I need to learn to help take me to the next level are things, you know, just like you said, they, they come to me. I'm, I'm drawn to them. I find them. 
uh, and lots of times I, I do, you know, I, 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 I'm searching. But, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, you just be aware of, 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 a, of a conversation or something like that, and the idea comes. So there's a lot of things that are out there, a lot of choices, and a lot of things will happen if you believe it's possible for you and you are determined. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you a little of my story, how it worked. The only thing I've ever wanted to be, I saw a movie when I was maybe 10, 11 years old. Uh, and that movie made me want, it was a science fiction movie, but it movie made me want to become an electrical engineer. That was my goal. And I, uh, Chris, I was constantly being expelled from schools. But when I got to the point at 16, I got married and I got out of school. I wanted to go to college. And guess what I found out? There was no money for me to go to college. And there were no scholarships or anything available to someone who didn't finish high school because I got married at 16 and quit school. I finished my 11th grade, but I never went on. I tried, but the school district I was in did not allow married students to go to school. I was just told I have to go to commercial. I'll finish this story when I come back. We'll be back in a few. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, no, there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses. Mystical. Present. Past. And future. All in one. Wild. Free. Domestic. And healing. For everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back, folks. Now, before the break, I was talking about, you know, Dee talked about how she found things that helped her go on and all, all this other stuff. And that's good. And it worked for her. When I was 13, I was told that I would never be able to go to college. We just didn't have the funds. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood, you know, and back then they didn't waste money on sending girls to college because after all we'd only get married have babies and never use the education that if we really wanted one we could wait till we older and pay for our own 
So I knew there'd be no chance for me to go to college. And then I was raped at 13, which made things even worse. So what happened with me, I didn't think there was any possibility of me ever doing any of the things I wanted to do. I turned to drugs and alcohol. And I developed a serious problem and uh, got into lots and lots of trouble. But ultimately, I did get straight clean. And I found myself, you know, at that point when I was clean, I found myself with no education. You know, I had some job skills, but nothing major, you know, and not really any way where to go or what to do. And, you know, my police record wasn't too hot. And I was trying to figure out, you know, how could I do all of this? And it turned out that because I had been deaf as a child, had two ear operations, I had a 70% loss as a kid, and I had two ear operations, were a hearing aid, and had, you know, only about a 30% loss. So with the hearing aid, I could hear things and do things. And what I found out is that the vocational rehabilitation would pay for me to go to school. So I went to school. I wanted to study electronics, but, you know, we're talking now 70s, and, you know, girls don't do things like that, so they wouldn't pay for that. But I did talk them into letting me get a degree in, an associate degree in accounting, you know, and I did that, got out of school, went to work for the Salvation Army as a, an accountant, hated every minute of it. I still do taxes to this day, but I find general bookkeeping and accounting boring as all get out. So I quit that job and got a job fixing vending machines. And uh, I did that for a couple of years. And my, my boss one day called me in and suggested he wanted to know, uh, he wanted to promote me, but he wanted to know, he knew I had two small children. And he wanted to know uh, if I had anyone living with me because the new job would have been a four days on, three days off type of schedule, which you can't do if you have, you know, small children in the house and no one else there I told him I didn't have anyone living there he asked me if I could move my boyfriend in I said I didn't want to do that and he said okay and I, I left and went away never thought anything about it a couple of months later this man called me back into his office and he said to me he had all kinds of information for me about how social services could help me with money they could help me with daycare uh there was a uh, Pell Grant program that could pay my tuition. The school, uh, North Carolina A&T State University, uh, had a minor. It's a historically black college, and it had a minority presence grant that would pay some of my other expenses. And why didn't I look into it? He said he told me you're good at what you do, and I know you have no formal training. See, my dad played with electronics and stuff when I was a kid, and he taught me all the stuff he knew. And I, that's what I was doing. I was doing all the electronics repairs and whatnot on the vending machines. So it took me six months to get that set up, and that's how I went to engineering school. Now, I to this day have no idea why that man did that for me, except that in my life I've seen, as Dee said over there, anytime I truly need something, it becomes available to me. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even know that type of thing existed, and that was how I went to engineering school and became an engineer, and that's when I used my naysayers to, you know, help me get through it, but this, you know, I, I knew I had this ability, and that's what I'd always wanted to do. And it came, you know, it was kind of plopped right in the middle of my lap, you know, and I didn't actually do anything. I didn't ask the man. I didn't make any suggestions when he first questioned me. And he went to the trouble of finding out all this information for me, which let me go to school, get a degree in engineering, and create a better life for my children and myself. 
What do you think, Dee? Well, listening to that, uh, it becomes uh, pretty clear that you know you had this desire to be an engineer for and 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 the abilities to to analyze things and make things work, and and so this was something that was a big part of, of who you who you were, and it was important to you, and your dad helped you uh, and encouraged you, so that made you know so that was something that was becoming even more a part of. Of, of who you were and what you really wanted, and it was because of all of that, and, and that all of these other things started coming to you, uh, and and uh, you may not have consciously, you know, been uh, aware of, of why these things were happening, but when when they were presenting themselves to you, uh, you took advantage. So you didn't know the how, you just knew what, and you had that burning desire, and you had the skills, and, and this was something very important to you. So like I was saying, you know, when, when, you, uh, when, you, when you are having that kind of, uh, of uh, experiences, uh, you start, if you are open to uh, the answers that are coming, the how, you don't have to know the next step, it, it will be presented to you in, in one form or the other and then what we need to do is to take that action and that's exactly what you did okay um, where does faith and belief in uh, whatever God we pray to if we pray how, where does that, how does that play into that because I have a feeling that was part of it you see I was an adult before I realized that all these you know, little miracles that happened that any time I really needed something, it, it became available. I didn't know that wasn't everybody else's experience in life. I just thought that was normal, like my friend with the dog cages. I just thought that was normal. So where does that sort of play into this? Well, uh, we have a, 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 there, a lot of people have different names, but there is a creator. We, we can see that it isn't something that just happened, even uh, a house is built by someone. There has to be some intelligence behind it. And and uh, I really believe that the Creator really cares about each and every one of us and that, and that the desire is to fulfill uh, our wishes and that the universe is, de- is designed and that we are designed in such a way that, you know, if, if we... Uh, have enough faith, and particularly the more that we draw close to our Creator, the more He is able to do for us. Uh, I mean, there are certain things that we can, by using the laws that He created, you know, use those in our favor. Uh, but then also uh, the more of a personal relationship, just like uh, the more of a personal relationship we have with, with our own parents, then they're in a position where they can do more. Okay, I was just told we have to go to a commercial, and we'll continue this discussion when we come back. We'll be back in a couple. My Dreams, My Challenges, and Joys is an inspiring book by author Linda Genazzo. This real-life account of raising a child with autism from birth to adulthood takes you on a journey of compassion, love, and hope as it tells the incredible story of a devoted family and their beloved daughter. Together, they faced adversity and never stopped believing they would find the help they were seeking. 
A breast cancer survivor, Linda Genazzo has a giving heart. With a background in social work with the mentally ill and the homeless, Linda continues to help families in her community. And her book, My Dreams, My Challenges and Joys, brings greater awareness to autism and those families in need. To purchase your copy, visit www.lindagenazzo.com. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Don't delay. Get your copy today. Jenny Friend is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified clinical sexologist, commonly known as a sex therapist, with over 30 years of experience in the field of sexuality. She's been a researcher and teacher and is further trained in human development over the lifespan. She's also a published author and a radio personality. Her specialized training in lifespan developments means she can help individuals, couples, and families through difficult developmental phases. Her primary ways of working are through the tools of cognitive, behavioral, and psychoenergetics theories and techniques. Couples, individual men and women, and families are also welcome. She can meet in her office in Costa Mesa, California, or on the internet through Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. Call 714-210-9200. You can also send an email from her website at www.centerforclarity.org. That phone number again is 714-210-9200. Welcome back, folks. You've, we've been talking tonight all about decisions, skills, abilities, uh, how our self-esteem affects what we do, how our self-confidence affects our decisions. These are important things because the whole point of the thing is this is what the Living Without Lies program is all about. It's to help you find out what you truly believe so that you can take those true beliefs and apply them to the decisions you make in your life so that you can find it, uh, your life to be fulfilling and something where you feel like you're doing good, you're happy, you're content, you can do this. You absolutely can do it. Because I can tell you something. If somebody like me with my background can end up having a successful, happy life, you can too. All you have to do is want to. In fact, folks, you don't even need to want to. All you have to do is want to want to. And you can change your life, whether it's getting off of it's getting off of drugs and alcohol, whether it's off of something else, whether it is finding the courage to try to do things that you're afraid you can't do because you're scared to death of failure, you already feel like you're nothing and worthless, and to actually try something and fail just makes you feel worse. And you you need to, it is possible to do all this stuff. We all have had to do that. And we have to accept the choices and decisions we make in our life, because no matter what we choose and decide, we're not immune from the consequences we will have to suffer whatever they might be and this is the thing about the whole purpose of the living without lies program is to help you get into the frame of mind where you understand what you believe what you really believe and then you can start working on what the beliefs that aren't good or the ones you find out that you don't believe they were just ones that were impressed on you or pounding into your head or whatever however they got there and you can start living your life by your true beliefs because that's the cause of happiness. That's the cause of peace. That's the cause of contentment. And if you keep going with that, ultimately, all of that happiness and contentment and knowing how you, what you believe will be the cause of your success in life. And the only way you can be that way and get that way is to live by your true beliefs, whatever they may be. 
and none of us are the same. Our beliefs are all different. Now, Dee and I talk about things, and we agree for about most things, not always, and sometimes we actually disagree on the show. But the point is, we're showing you two different you know, ways of looking at these things. She does it differently than I do. I firmly believe I was taught when I was getting straight that uh, and clean that, you know, that I can't think my way into good living, but I could live my way into good thinking. So I believe that what you have to do is get off your butt and start doing things that'll make you happier in your life. When you find out what you believe, you can start living by those beliefs. You know, if I don't hang out with people that are stoned and drinking and carrying on, my probability of me getting drunk or stoned isn't real high. It isn't real high. If I don't hang out with my criminal friends, my chances of getting in trouble, breaking the law and getting locked up are pretty slim. They're not zero, but they're close to zero. And I need to live that way. Dee believes in studying. Both ways work. For her, that works. For me, doing things work. What do you think, Dee? Well, it's, I, I believe exactly what you're saying. I mean, it can be done in many different ways. But mine was not just uh, the, the learning. It was putting what I learned to action. So I have to do both. And, okay. and I think everything that you said works wonderfully, too. Okay, and I was uh, just told that uh, it's time to go, so uh, I want to wish all of you a happy weekend, a nice week, hope good things happen in your life, hope you're safe, comfortable, and uh, we'll come back, hope we'll hear you and see you next week, that you'll come visit us again, and I'd want to tell all of you to be safe, God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.